What players on the Capitals will be back in the fall? And what does the Hershey Bears winning the Calder Cup mean for some young Bears players on the big team? We'll talk about it next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the Capitals players and which of them will return in the fall. We know there's a lot of talk about Kuznetsov and Tom Wilson and Backstrom. How many of those players will we see on the ice when training camp starts? Then a little bit later in the show, we will talk about the Caps coaching staff and ultimately how will they make this Capitals team better? And then the Bears winning the Calder Cup. What does that mean for some of the young Bears players? Are they going to get a bigger opportunity? And that's where we'll start today. In this episode, we have Hockey Troll on the show from the Caps Chirp Podcast. Hockey Troll, welcome back to the show. What's up, man? What's up? How you been? I love the new layout on StreamYard. Good stuff. Thanks a lot for having me back. I mean, uh, I do have to ask, though, am I the frequent guest because you can't find anyone else or because you actually like talking to me? I actually like talking to you. You're a fun uh, Capitals uh, 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 fellow podcaster to talk to. I do do have quite a few guests on here, but uh, I think I have a pretty good rapport with you, and I feel like I could talk to you for quite a while on Caps Hockey and... uh, you can't find that with, you know, every guest that's out there. So it's great to have you back on the show. Of course, the Caps Chirp podcast, uh, doing great work over there as well. Give it a listen over there if you haven't done so far. But uh, just taking a look at the Caps here, taking a look at the Hershey Bears in particular, winning the Calder Cup, defying odds. I did not think it was going to happen because what is one of the things that we noticed in the series is that the road team always lost, except for game seven, where were you and what were your thoughts when the bears were down two to nothing? Absolutely. So I'll be honest. Um, I, I was following it, but I wasn't able to watch, um, because I'm out of market just like you, but, um, I was, first of all, I was surprised. I knew they were going to get into the playoffs and I had heard that they were pretty high up on the standings and I was checking the standings and, you know, the AHL, the minor leagues are, are just, they're brutal. They're tough. You could be leading a division and one day, and then, you know, in a month you could be completely out of the playoffs. So that's hockey. Right. Um, but uh, I was, when they got in and started to make a run for it, you know, getting past the second round, things like that. I was like, wow. Okay. So they may actually have a legitimate chance and lo and behold, all our hopes and dreams as Caps fans were nestled in the Hershey uh, Hershey Bears, and and they executed amazing stuff. You know, I think it's it's great to see. Let's just say the last time the Hershey Bears won a Calder Cup, they won a back to back, and we got players like Braden Holpe, ever heard of him? John Carlson, ever heard of him? You know, uh, Carl Alsner, like these 
Caps legends, true true legends of the of our of our team, at least in the in the past 20, 30 years, came out of that kind of success, and then it eventually led us to a cup. So, in any way, it's it's definitely not a negative. It's it's absolutely a positive. And let's take a look at you know five years ago when we were rated the worst farm system in the league. Uh, we've really shoved that up people's hoops because a lot, some of those players are still on the team from five years ago, for sure. Obviously it's easy to pile on a team that is a playoff performer every year and they're not picking high and they're, you know, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, but the situation seemed a lot more dire than it actually is five years down the road. And I say, Hey, it's perfect timing. We we've cleaned house a little bit. Uh, you know, last season saw a lot of veterans from the cup team go, uh, we leveraged assets to, to you know, uh, or we got assets in return for players and draft picks. And, um, you know, as far as the actual team, the Washington Capitals, you know, it seems like those guys have marinated the big names, especially McMichael, even uh, Pilon. You know, he was brought up a couple of times. Ethan Frank, Snively, Protus, who I think, you know, that's that he's an NHLer for sure. So, um yeah, I mean, awesome stuff. I I wasn't. I was actually on my way back from a um, from a hockey game playing like beer league myself when I caught the news. So I was pretty pumped about that. And it was a late game. It was one of the ones going into. I'm like, I got to work. I got to be up at five thirty in the morning. What am I doing here? And then guess what? It went to overtime. So really great news. But it was worth it as the Bears found a way to win the Calder Cup, the twelfth time they've won it breaking an AHL record. So there are a lot of questions for the Capitals, a really great opportunity to showcase yourself in front of the Capitals top brass. See Connor McMichael, see Hunter Shepard, who got the MVP. Let's start here with Hunter Shepard, an interesting situation. He is a UFA, an unrestricted free agent. We know that Bukale is going to the KHL. And an interesting thing that I've talked about on my show is I love Charlie Lindgren. Chucky Sideburns, got to love him. He's a unique guy out there. But do they have a better guy in in Hunter Shepard, who was number two in all of the AHL and won the MVP in the Calder Cup for the Bears? What are your thoughts on Hunter Shepard? What do the Bears and what do the Capitals do with Hunter Shepard? I love it, Dan. You're always trying to incite goalie goalie uh, drama here, and and you know it's the best kind of drama because no one knows whether it's going to go up, down, or sideways with any if any goalie ever, right? They're total voodoo. Um, obviously, you have pedigree with guys you know we've had in the past, like Braden Holtby. You know, you look at Mark Andre Fleury. When I talk pedigree, like you know, that's the guy, right? Um, <clears throat> Who knows, man? Here's the thing. We aren't like the Washington Capitals do not pay for goalies point blank period. They haven't for the past decade. Uh, Plus uh, they, they won't. I just don't think I don't. And it's not a smart move. You know, you look at Florida right now, how bad are they regretting a $10 million a year goaltender? Mm They're they're They were strapped. They can't do anything right now unless they move a piece in front of him. And he's, he's locked in for term too, which is even crazier, right? No one should do that. I don't think that that's great management because goaltenders are voodoo. And unfortunately, while they play the most important position in the sport, I believe it's a very, uh, what have you done for me lately 
job assessment, right? So once they're, you know, once they go by the wayside, it's it's easy to let go of a four or five million dollar contract a year for three to five years rather than the eight million for eight or ten million for you know for eight. So traditionally, the Washington Capitals spend eight million dollars on goalies a year for the tandem, and we're about there. Uh, what made us so successful during the Cup run was that. Holpe was, you know, was the veteran, and we, and then we had Grubauer kind of on a, on a lower level contract. So, Lynn, we still have that. We still have that dynamic. Kemper is making the big money. Lindgren was a diamond in the rough that we picked up, and he's a bona fide NHLer. Um, so, Hunter Shepard, you know, I'm not familiar with how old he is. I think he's in his mid twenties. Mm-hmm. So. Goalies, I feel, don't really hit their ultimate, like, you know, world-beating prime until they're 30-ish, late 20s. So we have time for him. I, unless an incredibly compelling offer comes through for either Lindgren or for Kemper, I really don't see uh, us moving it. Though, again, the the offer would have to be compelling. It'd have to be a top, top six, top two winger for Kemper straight up. That may perk some ears up in the front office. Do I think that that's going to happen? No. But, hey, the positive sign here is that the Washington Capitals have had strong goaltending for damn near 20 years, if not more. And they're going to continue that into the future with Hunter Shepard, it looks like. So good for them. Really kind of uh, not upset, but a little bit of a letdown. Fukale didn't work out. You know, he was a former number one draft pick for the Montreal Canadiens and battled back really never made it past the ECHL until now got a got a cup of coffee in the league with in the in the show with the Capitals and now he's going to Russia hey hopefully the the money's good man and and hopefully he has a good time so i wish him well um obviously that's much better than the ECHL the KHL but uh at the same time you know would have loved to see him work out and be a stud for Washington Capitals so then the other player, I think that, and we'll talk about this in the next segment uh, with the new head coach, is I believe it's Connor McMichael time. If ever, <laughs> now is the time to put Connor McMichael. I know that we had Lavi there. We had Trotz before. And, you know, he watched most of the games from the press box. He never really got his opportunity. This is his time to shine. And the thing I like about Connor McMichael the most is that he made the most of his opportunity. He was playing on the big team. The Capitals didn't really find his way. They sent him down to Hershey, and he's like, I'm putting that in the rearview mirror. I'm concentrating out on the task at hand, the Hershey Bears. You know, some of these guys, our heads get bigger than the room once they go up to the NHL. He eats a steady diet of humble pie. I love that about a young guy like that. And he made the most of his opportunity down in Hershey. That being said, I think that now is the perfect time to integrate him in there. The difficult thing is always, where does he fit? I don't want to see him relegated to the fourth line left wing when, you know, his native position is the center position. I want Connor McMichael in there. I think all Caps fans do. Where does he fit? Yeah, I mean, I think the third line is probably the most natural. Um, Crazy enough, the Washington Capitals have some sort of glut at the center position right now, which is tough for him. Right. Strom, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, and then Dowd. And then, you know, you have Craig Smith, who's played center in his career before. I don't know what's going to go ha- go on there. And I believe Connor Brown is a center, which who remember that guy, you know, he was supposed to be a huge deal. And then he got injured seven games in. So I it's tough, you know, because I think 
Connor McMichael is, is entering his third and final shot. He's, he's on his third strike right now, right? He came, he got force fed some minutes in the beginning, got sent down to Hershey as a, as kind of a freshman, had a really good rookie year with Lavi when he was, you know, 60 games in and Caps fans want to talk about that are, that are big McMichael stands. They want to talk about, you know, well, he had the, with comparable ice time, he had the best stats and yada, yada. It's like, yeah, but he still scored like 12 points. Um, so what I, and then post like post his freshman year, he went through a sophomore slump. He got huge. He got way big coming in uh, for his rookie season, his second season. I think you're right. I think he may have, you know, the ego took over the head got big. He thought he was a shoe in for camp, but if you remember, and nobody really came out and outright said it, but McMichael almost got cut from the team at camp. Um, and that's not how you want to enforce your, you know, solid freshman year, right? Your rookie year, you want to come in as a, in your sophomore season and you want to build on that. Um, I don't think he did. I don't think he did enough. Uh, the games that I saw him playing. And I think that's just kind of him as a player. He's not exactly a physical player. He's not a big player. Um, but I think that eating that humble pie, going and winning a championship in Hershey, seeing how hard that was and knowing that he had to play two ways, just as hard, both ways um, was, was key. Um, the the big selling point for Connor McMichael is this shot. I think uh, his creativity around the puck as well. Um, the so this is, and with a new coach with a new regime, this is I think his final straw for management. So he needs to come in, make the team out of camp, be in peak physical form, hopefully maybe even a little heavier, and absolutely dust people in camp, and then we would love to see him either be the first call up or part of the starting lineup in game one of the regular season for the Washington Capitals. And that's just phase one of his battle this season. He needs to maintain that level of competitiveness and continue through and stay in the lineup. And that's going to be a struggle. I think it's going to be hard. The NHLs, you know, players talk about making the NHL is like the best day of your life. Right. But what really, what they don't talk about, is how hard it is to continue to stay because there's always a younger guy, a bigger guy waiting, waiting. And then, you know, it's nothing personal, but he wants your spot. And that would be on that team, on the team next year, as it stands right now, he's the first guy you're sending down because you've got him on a two-way there. Yeah, it's a tough position uh, for the Capitals to be in. We don't know what's going to happen uh, during free agency as we are recording this um, in June here. Um, so it is going to be an interesting see what the Capitals do. I really hope that this is Connor McMichael's year. Um, and if not, then I think that, you know, they should explore other options. But I want to be all in on Connor McMichael. All right, so coming up here, we will talk about the Caps coaching staff. As we know, they hired Spencer Carberry and Mitch Love. What will that change about the Capitals? We'll talk about that straight ahead. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. And guys, even if you're watching a game and it's not that exciting, if you got a little bit of money on the game, it makes watching the games that much more exciting. So don't miss your 
chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Good just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I have a lot of great guests lined up for you, like Hockey Troll today, lined up all summer, so make sure and subscribe to Locked On Capitals today. In this next segment here, we are going to talk about the Caps coaching staff, and I am excited, really excited this year, Spencer Carberry, the new head coach, 41 years old, the youngest head coach in all of the NHL. And why am I excited? Because he has a rapport. He was a coach for the Bears. He was a coach for the Stingrays. There's a rapport. He knows Connor McMichael. He can take the face off the clock and look at the gears and tell you what's going on with him. I do think that this is a good coach. And then we find out that Mitch Love, who was hired uh, from the Calgary Wranglers, who was the AHL affiliate for the Calgary Flames there. I'm excited. How excited are you about the new coaches already so far being named for the Capitals? Um, <clears throat> I'm excited to watch what happens. Uh, I am. I am cautiously optimistic. This is, you know, well, so here's the thing. Halpern, right? He was the he was the probably number one contender with uh Spencer Carberry. The difference though, this is the right I, I do believe it's the right hire because Spencer Carberry has head coach experience in the past. Um <clears throat> he has won the highest honors in every single league that he is he's been in. Um I don't believe, I think in with the Stingrays, he captured a championship, but I don't think he did with the Hershey Bears, though. They were a playoff team year in and year out. Uh, he's He definitely won uh, Coach of the Year in each league. <clears throat> so I think, um, you know, it, I, I'm happy about it, uh, I'm, but I hope it doesn't blow up in his face. That's the big thing. I don't think it will. I, th- I think you're right. I mean, and, and, you know, I think it also speaks volumes about, the Capitals organization. He was in Toronto, I believe, uh, as an assistant coach. The yeah, ran, market. ran one of the top power plays in all of the NHL. Uh, right. So, yeah, I mean, the glory was there. If he wanted the glory and the money, he would have stayed in Toronto, right? If he wanted the clout. Instead, he said, look, you know, at this point in my career, I want to come back. And technically, it's a homecoming, a return to home, right? Spent a lot of his formative years here with the Washington Capitals organization, a couple years away, play, uh, juniors, and uh, I believe um, a college team, and then went in with, uh, got bought by Toronto, and then came back for the Washington Capitals as head coach. So I think that it's a amicable situation between both parties, and that's always what you want, right? It wasn't, it didn't come down to some crazy situation, like unfortunately, Laviolette experienced with the Rangers. Um, and, you know, I, I, I first, I want to also put to bed, I don't believe that Laviolette was sandbagging the young guys. I just don't think that he thought they were ready. And I think that he was right for a lot of that. Uh, and lo and behold, he's going to go to New York and have to play a ton of young guys because those guys are all studs. Um, when it comes to Spencer Carberry, I would expect, you know, him to be a little bit more open to a younger player, but he's not just going to play young guys because young guys are there. You know, he's 
got to obviously he's he's shown his developmental knack, right? Can he win a Stanley Cup? Who knows? But he's definitely a developmental coach. He's shown that. Now, can he actually be a winning coach in, in the NHL? Um, he's won in, in the lower levels. That's fine. So, you know, we'll have to see see what's going on. And and I don't I, I think that the Washington Capitals have him locked in. He, they want him to develop and then take take it past the finish line. I don't believe that they're going to do, you know, what Calgary and and then they grab the guy who they think they're going to win with. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm happy about it, but I am opti- opti- optimistic, but cautious. So I'm, I'm, I wish him the best of luck. And I, I think that he was the right guy in the time that and the opportunity that we had. So I'm happy. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And I agree with your assessment because uh, it, the word got back to Peter Lavulette and he's like, I don't know if you know, but I was the head coach of the Nashville Predators and there were a lot of young players on this team. He goes, there were some young players on the Capitals. They just weren't living up to potential. And I think it's a bit of a different thing now. I think that there was a mandate when they hired Peter Lavulette to win games. He, he didn't get hired to bring along the youth. I think it's a right. bit different with Spencer Carberry. Brian McClellan has said that, of course, the above all end all is to win a cup, but then they want this team to get younger and faster, and they want a coach uh, that uh, has that rapport maybe with some of the young players. So it is a, a tightrope for him to walk to, you know, work with the, the veterans and the young players and make it one cohesive unit. Um, it will be interesting to see, you know, how Lavi does out uh, with the New York Rangers. Um, I did an episode of Locked on, Crossover with Locked on Rangers, and they asked, you know, he's going to probably dial up the physicality of the Rangers. Um, I don't know if they have enough physical players that, you know, there's not a lot of Tom Wilson's out there. They're not exactly a dime a dozen. How do you think that Peter Laviolette will fit uh, on the Rangers? I think he's going to do good. You know, here's the thing about Laviolette's stint with, with the Washington Capitals. He was dealt every single bad hand that could have, you know, worldwide pandemic, then, a revolving door of injuries. The Washington Capitals were an ambulance for, but but if you look at last season before January, man, he had those young guys going, and they were exciting. They were new, though. The way that the Washington Capitals were playing in December and November, it was inspired hockey. You know, we get a little slower with Wilson and, and Backstrom back in the lineup, coming off really long term injuries, and it happens, right? But I think that. Lavi's going to do fine. And I think that you're right. The goal here is cup final appearance every year, if not at least once for his entire contract. His, his, his record shows that, you know, he can come into a team, switch it up really quick, make some tweaks and get teams to, you know, the promised land, whether they, they pass the finish line or not, he can get a team to the, to the finals. Before the Washington Capitals, he did it to every single other team that he had, and then he won in uh, Carolina. So I think that it's a solid hire, and I think that all the logic lines up for the for the New York Rangers. I think he's going to do really well. I think the New York Rangers underperformed in uh, this year's playoffs. I had them pegged for you know maybe a, a Eastern Conference final, um, you know, but uh, the Florida Panthers went off on one, and that's crazy. So. You know, that's 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 my take on it. I think Lavi will be fine. And I knew I I said it on on Caps Chirp. Look, Lavi, let's going to be able to walk away with his head held high. Every GM in the in the in the um, league is going to know like 
the caveats to his less than stellar performance. And then in the last season, remember the management gave up during deadline, you know, they sold everybody. So, you know, he, he was kind of the, the scapegoat for all of that ire, I think somewhat from the fan base unfairly. Uh, I don't blame McClellan for not re-signing him. Absolutely. Especially when Carberry was there in the ranks waiting. Um, and I definitely, so again, we were, I was just referencing like the coach that gets you past the finish line. I thought that that was Laviolette when we got him. So, and then it, the, the, the injuries and did not work out. <laughs> so, and then the other coach that was added, Mitch Love, who's going to take over the defense. Um, just taking a look at his playing record here, or, you know, when he was a player, he was known as a pest, as an instigator. I like those kind of players. I don't know how that's going to translate yeah. to his coaching, but he took the Wranglers to two consecutive Pacific regular season titles. So the guy knows how to win. He knows a thing or two about hockey, and I'm excited to see what they, what can, that he can bring to this team. And also excited that no more Blaine Forsyth and the slingshot every time. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who they have running the power play, being that Spencer Carberry ran the top power play. You know that he's going to have his hand involved. Uh, even you know, even if there's a coach doing it, he's going to be looking over the top going, I'm keeping my eyes on you. All right, so yeah. coming up after the break, we will talk about what players will be returning to this team in the fall. Wilson, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, oh my. We'll talk about that straight ahead. All right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So some interesting things as we are coming up on free agency. Again, we're recording this in June before free agency, and there are all sorts of rumors swirling out there about the different players that could be coming and going from this team. Most notably, Tom Wilson, one of the players that I brought up, an untouchable for me, if, if you ask me, and everyone, a polarizing player suffices to say. They are not going to trade Tom Wilson. It is not going to happen, and I want to believe that that's true. I really, really do. But then Stephen Wino, who works for the Associated Press, was on the Daily Faceoff with Frank Saravalli, and he said, what is one trade that could catch Capitals fans by surprise. And I thought, you know, Kuznetsov, Mantha, he said Tom Wilson. And I know it's not from, you know, Stephen Wino's mouth to God's ears, but he works for the Associated Press. It's not like he's writing a blog in his parents' garage. He's legit. He's covered this team for many years. I respect the dude. Um, but it is interesting. And then I listen to the other insiders. I hear Sammy Silber and I hear, you know, Wyrick and all these guys out there saying it's not going to happen. And people ask, Dan, why do you think they would trade Tom Wilson? And to the answer to that question is he holds extreme value. You know, you could get a lot for Nick Backstrom five years ago, TJ Oshie five years ago. Those guys are diminished goods. I hate to say it. Tom Wilson holds tremendous value. Is there any chance in your estimation that Tom Wilson gets dealt? Yeah. I mean, I think that Wilson gets dealt if we can get like Pasternak or some big name player, um, you know, uh, any of the top guys from Tampa Bay. Right. But that's not going to happen. I, I, it's, it's not Tom Wilson. You know, let's just break it down by the numbers. I mean, he's, I don't believe he's eclipsed the 30 goal mark yet. Um, 
he's a absolute leader and an incredible player and, and a gifted skater and a body checker as well. He's coming off a pretty severe injury that saw him take a lot of time off there. And, and I think that this is really the, the overarching theme of the Washington Capitals players right now is that they're making too much for what their potential upside could be. Do I think that Tom Wilson could be like a 60, 70 point guy? Absolutely. Especially on this squad. Uh, but at the same time, you know, <laughs> you look at it, how much he's getting paid. And, you know, while he's not making astronomical numbers, what if he doesn't, what if he just becomes, what if he's a 50 point player still? What, I mean, that's still not really what you want. If you're going to trade away your, one of your top scorers on your team. Um, I don't think the Washington Capitals are interested in, retaining cap. I don't think that they're interested in draft picks unless they can flip them immediately. And it's a three-way trade somehow. Um, and so that being said, you know, we're looking at a hockey trade and I don't believe that somebody is going to want to do that. Uh, it would have to be like your number one forward for our future captain. That's how I would have to look at it uh, with Tom Wilson. And I really just don't think there's an appetite for any of the teams out there that do it. So basically what I just said was that, yeah, McClellan's a businessman. He'll go out and make a trade if it makes incredible sense. And he's the lopsided winner um, in basically all dimensions. But I don't think that's going to happen because remember the other end, this is the thing about trades. The other team needs to get better too, right? It's very rare anymore that you see like teams panic and have to kick guys out due to cap. That's just mismanagement, right? But so, so yeah, I think, I think that it's all, I think it's good for clicks. That's what I think that that rumor is. Uh, and I don't buy into it. I do think that Tom Wilson is the next leader of the Washington Capitals, the next captain after Ovi's out. Um, I think that, you know, he's just that guy and St. Thomas, I don't want to see him go. Uh, I'll be honest. I would especially think about if it was to a division rival, good God, would you want to play him four times a, a year? No. Uh, so I think it's all, I think it's all buzz. Um, you know, armchair GMs on Twitter, they can pontificate, speculate about it as all they want, but I just don't think there's anything there. It doesn't hold water. So far right now, all I know is that the Kings have quote unquote, kicked the tires on them. I've also heard different rumblings from RMNB about uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and, you know, people bring up that it could never happen. They would never, ever do it. Say that to Wayne Gretzky. The great one got traded. So anything is possible. And don't get me wrong. I I love Tom Wilson. <clears throat> I have his jersey hanging up behind me nine times out of ten. You have a picture behind you there. I love the guy. I don't want to see it happen. All right, so roll on to the next player here. We'll talk about Evgeny Kuznetsov. Um, like everything in life, there's two sides to every coin. So the one side of the coin, let's say the head side here, is that Kuznetsov said that he wants out of town. He's discontent. He's not happy here. The flip side of the coin, however, now is that there is a new sheriff in town and his name is Spencer Carberry. I think it's at least worth giving another go round with Kuznetsov with Spencer Carberry. I think there was a disconnect uh, between Kuzi and Lavulette, and I don't think they just were on the same page together. And I also think that Kuzi was sulking that he wasn't, you know, always the top line center anymore and that, you know, he's kind of seeing a fall from grace. The interesting thing about Kuzi for me, and he said this in articles, he goes, if I wanted to, I could be one of the greatest players in all of the NHL, 
I just don't want to put the work in. That's quite an interesting thing to say for a player that gets a sweater every night in the National Hockey League, most notably the Capitals. Um, but for me, I you know this was a guy that was top in the top three in goals two years ago, um, a hot and cold player. What do we do with the Kuznetsov situation? Do we give him one more year or you want out? There's the door. Thank you for your contributions to this team. Um, again, I don't, I don't think that we're going to find a trade partner who's going to want to give up what we want in return for Evgeny Kuznetsov based upon his previous performance and his, you know, the past two years have been two down years for him. Right. I mean, he, um, he's, and, and, you know, to address your, <laughs> I could work it. I think that he was being more flippant there, but it is, it is a funny quote. Cause he did say it. Um, you look at, at, at him and, and his antics off the ice. He's he, to put it honest. I mean, I, I love him. I think he's an incredibly gifted player. I love his uh, personality and I like Evgeny Kuznetsov as a player I do and as a person, but at the same time, you know, you've got to have like a whisperer for Kuznetsov, I think. And um, hopefully Carberry can do that. Uh, I definitely think that Evgeny, because he can be a superstar in, in the league, don't get me wrong. Um, but hopefully, you know, in, in recent years, said that off-ice drama with the drugs and everything else, he couldn't keep his nose clean, both literally and figuratively. Um, I think that, you know, this is, should be kind of, he's had a couple years to straighten it out. Either you become a superstar or you don't, right? A la Alexander Simmon, right? Um, so with that being said, I when the reality of the situation is, people might want to throw, I think the best that Evgeny Kuznetsov could fetch right now would be like a 2024, 2025 first round pick at most. Yeah. And I don't think he's, that, that's a stretch, right? So any hockey trade is like maybe a return for somebody that is a diamond in the rough and underutilized on a team, but those are very rare to be found. Uh, if anything, I think that it would be us packaging a first round pick with Kuznetsov and then the pity, hey, Mantha, take Mantha as well for one player, one, you know, top six player, if we were lucky, unfortunately. So, but again, we do have that glut at the center position. Maybe we return a center or maybe return like a high scoring winger. Maybe it becomes something good. The other team gets Kuznetsov, Mantha, and a um and a pick and then maybe a prospect as well i mean you know you really have to sweeten the deal with those guys uh because both of them are underperforming yeah and it's a tough thing to know what to do with him um, that's my stance on him right now as we record this in june i say give him one more year uh, we got a lot of money invested in the guy uh he makes yep. you know he's in the top paid player on the capitals so it's not like someone's just going to be wanting to jump in on that. And then there's salary retention. And I'm not against salary retention or any of that. Listen, Hockey Troll, I want to thank you once again for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Where can we find you online? Absolutely. You can find me at Hockey Trollin with an I-N. You can find the uh, Caps Chirp podcast on all social at Caps Chirp. Uh, Thanks a lot for having me on. It's always a pleasure talking uh, and keep fighting that, that good fight, man. I can't believe you do this every day. Mm -hmm. You're super consistent and uh, Hey, you're bringing the good news to all the caps fans. So I really appreciate you uh, having me on. It's always good talking. 
And thanks for thanks for joining me on the show again. And thank you once again for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And are you a fan of DC sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. There is Locked On Nationals. There is Locked On Commanders and Wizards. So no matter what major DC sports, Locked On has got you covered. All right. Once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holney, and I'll talk to you again next time.